Well, good morning. I uh, was recommended a book called The Knight in Rusty Armor. And the person that recommended it, to, well, I should tell you the story. Uh, we were talking about um, a summit that I had been attending last week. It's nothing fancy. It's virtual. But it was about uh, nature and uh, contemplation. I joined because it had some Native American or traditional Indian, I believe they even said so, um, contemplation practices of Native uh, North Americans. Found it very interesting. And then I go and uh, have my sit yesterday morning with uh, a fellow meditator. We sit uh, every morning together and we started talking about this. And she brought up something that I was thinking about and they didn't even discuss was sweat lodges and vision quests, fasting. What was interesting, she shared that she used to uh, do these sorts of vision quests uh, through uh, a, a sweat lodge in, uh, in Mexico, the Mescali. And she told me a story. She told me a number of stories. Uh, but right now we'll stick to why I was recommended this book and why it applies. Uh, besides recommending a book, why I'm recording a podcast. So we talked about how um, some of these practices can be very gestalt, a German term meaning just get it all out. So as she was uh, in the circle, she found herself um, crying, seriously crying. And so she felt bad. Uh, I believe she said she might have apologized to the gentleman next to her. And in fact, he was quite, he said he was quite proud of her that she had let all that out and how healthy that was. And he told her about the story of the knight in rusty armor. In fact, he told her the story that the, uh, the knight had to, uh, to cry his armor off. Now, the story is even more interesting than that. But I will just highly recommend um, The Knight in Rusty Armor. That was written by an author of sitcoms, of all things, believe it or not. Robert Fisher. We share a middle name, so go Bob. He wrote for all sorts of sitcoms. You may have even seen some of them, believe it or not. What I find interesting is this short book of less than 80 pages contains the entirety of the teachings of almost all of our traditions and philosophies. Um, this actually became something that I was looking into a little more deeply because I just had a discussion uh, the day before um, a philosophy discussion about um, Groundhog Day. Now, thankfully, it went into uh, Camus, the myth of Sisyphus, and freedom, uh, embracing the absurd, this sort of idea, right? To be free from expectations, again, that free energy idea, accepting one's lot, living in the present, therefore not, you know, um, adding volition to the senses, so this knight in rusty armor creates a persona for himself. He's the greatest knight. He's brave. He's 
he saves the damsels, he slays the dragons. And he became known as this knight in this gleaming armor, brave knight. Uh, he became so attached to this persona that he began to wear his armor all the time. He even began to sleep in his armor. What I find interesting is the story will go into much greater detail as to some of the realizations he had. Long story short, his wife and child missed him. Off on quests, and even when he was home, deep inside that, uh, encased in that metal cage. So they gave him an ultimatum. Either get rid of the the armor, or I guess, you know, they were going to leave. So he thought about this, and he said, no, 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 I can't have that happen. I love them too much. So he tries to remove his helmet, but he can't. Held fast. So he goes on a quest, right? It's uh, the hero's journey, the archetype. Uh, young would love this. So many of his teachings within. So the gentleman goes searching for Merlin. And goes on a long quest, finally comes across Merlin. There's some other story to it that's quite interesting, but I'll leave that leave that for part of the the journey that is the book itself, the story, the short story. Eventually, after months, I believe the book says, he comes across Merlin. By then, actually, most summaries don't talk about this. He had lost faith and hope. He thought he'd lost his family, and he had lost hope that he could get rid of the armor. So he tells uh, tells his story to Merlin, and Merlin uh, actually convinces him of the importance of this quest. So he sends him on this hero's journey. Maybe cliche, but on the path of truth is what he sends him on, a steep and narrow path. I love that illusion. The path is steep and narrow. It's very easy to step off of the path, and uh, the path uh, takes effort throughout. Otherwise, you're not progressing. He's told he's going to have to go and meet three challenges in three castles along the route. And so, uh, just to not ruin the story, he goes on this quest. And I'll give you one quote. And the reason why is not just a recommendation of the book, but it's also a podcast. So as he goes on, he comes to nearer to the summit of truth, on this path of truth. And I will just give you a quote. And the quote is as follows. Though this universe I own, I possess not a thing, for I cannot know the unknown, if to the known I cling. Now, I've talked about this incessantly, this idea of faith and doubt. Right? Faith 
in something that we can't experience ourselves. Blind faith. That is not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is Shraddha. Faith in Sanskrit. But it hasn't been denatured as it has been in the West. Shraddha, you see, means faith and commitment and compassion and devotion to what one either believes or has faith that they can achieve or receive or believe. That's why I say it's faith and doubt that are the important aspects in this story. Because doubt is a necessary tool to transform ignorance into faith. And with that doubt, you can use faith to transform uh, you can uh, use uh, doubt to transform faith into wisdom, right? You can't, unless we're talking about divine inspiration, you can't receive um, knowledge on a subject that you are unfamiliar with. We talked about Blavatsky using the example of a mirage. You can see just about anything in a mirage, but you can't see a horse if you have no concept of what a horse is, if you haven't seen a picture or even seen uh, a horse or have any idea of what a horse is. So once again, how can you know the unknown if you're still holding on to the known? This is this idea of emptiness. Shunyata is an idea not that things are empty, not simply that things are impermanent and the nature of all things are dependently arisen. No, the takeaway here is you must, in spite of all of your senses and your previously learned experience, you must suspend what you believe you must suspend what you see and you must suspend what you have experienced in the light of truths that are not easily experienced or understood or even um, comprehended. So again, in the light of, uh, of a fairy tale, this story was a quest, a knight who was looking into the nature of self. Not unlike what we've been talking about here, but that's why I just wanted to point out um, that the nature of self requires this same faith and doubt because we're living within this system of the self. Uh, you have to suspend... Um, well, just about everything, <laughs> to truly um, come to know. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm telegraphing here, but 
this is this universal uh, oneness that I've been talking about that, um, like Plato said, uh, meditation is turning oneself to the divine. Divine, not in a theistic uh, way, just simply turning oneself to the majesty of existence. I mean, I was thinking about this uh, yesterday. Um, what would you say to a militant atheist if even Buddhism is an attempt uh, to join spiritually with all uh, beings and even all phenomena? How do you convince them of this? power because as i've said before um just as in islam this giving oneself over to the divine um is liberating and empowering in and of itself but the beauty of it is is you don't have to believe in a divine power you just have to be agnostic this is why i'm not an atheist i'm actually uh, very zealous uh, agnostic because i don't believe that um, anyone can truly know or experience the divine um, living as uh, a finite being as we are. So that's why, uh, once again, I point to the impor importance and the liberation of doubt, right? It's liberating when you come to a situation that just seems insurmountable or... Um, as I've mentioned before, a situation of Wu Wang. So if, you, if calamity or bad luck has visited you, but um, you don't feel deserving in any way, I mean, a karma idea, right? You can live a thousand perfect lifetimes, but that doesn't mean you're free um, from karma. So this doubt can allow you to accept um, whatever the present might hand you. I mean, that's this free energy principle. That the mind is a predictive engine that tries to give us a heads up on what to expect. Yet, doesn't always turn out. Whether we accept how things turn out and, and help to better this predictive engine or do we try to shape our reality to fit um, our preferences, fit uh, what we were expecting, right? Or is that this storehouse consciousness? Is this the alaya vijnana that we've talked about? This preference that we build up over time. And it explains why it can actually be um, a temporary and permanent thing. Uh, and it can be, uh, it can be, uh, I don't know what the word would be. I, I tend to say um, you cannot subscribe to it. Because uh, as Buddhism uh, mentions, the, the consciousness or the chitta arises with every moment. So you re rehash this, uh, this storehouse of preferences, this self, uh, each and every time. But you have the free will, this ability to not, um, not put tone on everything, right? Not to attach to this self and just be, uh, but 
a sad or dangerous or simple truth is it's just as easy to fall back into the old, um, what would I call that, uh, the old dialectic, the old uh, way of thinking and being. I mean, it's not only our default, but the same process of self as designed to help us uh, navigate this world, but also intended uh, to help uh, act as a uh, like a, a mediator between the senses and the, the mind, the predictive engine. Uh, it's actually designed to help us understand, expect, and manage our results. Not uh, impinge on our uh, existence. So, in the light of that, that's just what I wanted to share. I would highly recommend the book, uh, The Knight in Rusty Armor. Uh, as I said, uh, there's some great insights to be gleaned. Uh, and the final is, as I said, um, it's almost uh, could be a quote from the Lankavatara Sutra, which is another reading I highly recommend. Though this universe I own, I possess not a thing, for I cannot know the unknown, if to the know, to the known I cling. So with that, have a great day. And remember, attachment and aversion are what breed ignorance. <laughs>